All right, welcome back to the big program. She's a double dip right here at uh, the 8 o'clock hour, right off the hop, as we welcome in our standard Thursday co-host from 8 to 11, Ladislav Schmid. Welcome, Laddie. How are you this morning? You're you're right on time, like you were ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule. 7.55. Well, usually I wake up at 5. Today was 4.55. Oh. I gave myself five extra minutes. Good for you. So you're invigorated. You feel good. Well, not... Well, when I left the gym, the weather really brought oh, me down. It's so crazy, isn't it's it? Like his reality, yeah. It's 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 unreal. Uh, time now for the uh, our daily eight o'clock guest, uh, Mark Spector on the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize, <laughs> or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. As we welcome in uh, Mark Spector and Ladislav Schmid. Speck, you want to talk a little defensive zone coverage today or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have an expert on the show, yes, why wouldn't I? Please don't. <laughs> what did you, what'd you make of that yesterday down in uh, the Hall of Fame room, Speck? Well, I saw a head coach who's, uh, you know, kind of protecting his team for mm-hmm. sure, protecting his system, protecting, you know, trying to, I mean, in his view, Jay Woodcross view, it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, I took, you know, when he was talking about how in the first five games they gave up one defensive goal, I thought a guy better get a definition of what a defensive goal is. Um, defensive and, you know, zone coverage goal, right? His definition goal. is, yeah. well, when they're in their zone <laughs> – and the other teams got the puck for a period of time and they score a goal. What he's saying is we're pretty sound defensively when we get set up in our zone. What's killing us are the, are the odd man rushes and the quick uh, defensive mistakes and the turnovers in the neutral zone and things like that. I guess I'd say to you, you got to learn how to stop those too, right? Laddie, do you want to kind of weigh in on this? Just, I mean, I think you've heard a few things over the last 24 hours and 48 hours. What's your general take just to kind of throw it at Speck and I here? Uh, I, I think there is a problem in D-zone coverage, definitely. Uh, I also think that we are playing pretty soft around our net as mm-hmm. well. There is not enough box outs, uh, you know, trying to get people away from the net. It's pretty easy right now. People are kind of hesitating. I I don't want to say that they don't know the system, but system is still new, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of kind of gray areas that they are looking at each other and like who's got who. And, you know, these days, if you got to give a guy a split second, they, they gonna put it in the back of the net. And, it seems right now every mistake Oilers make, it's in the net. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's not on really goalies or anything, but that that's just how it is. And with with turnovers as well, right now, we uh, <laughs> struggling with defending rushes as well. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. you can afford those. You know, I, I I'd say play simple game until you get some traction going, and just really simplify things. So, Speck, I think yesterday most of the media were just sort of, I don't know if confused was the right word, but maybe it's the terminology that's being used uh, in in a system that's trying to be implemented. What was your takeaway from that? Because, again, you sort of jumped in at that point about the the 8-1 game against Vancouver, trying to explain that. Um, What was your takeaway, just sort of how that interaction went yesterday? 
Okay, so here's what's going on. Okay, the head coach. Th- this is this is my my take on this thing. The head coach is saying our system's been working pretty good when we play it. He doesn't want to throw his players under the bus, but the truth of the matter is, his players when they when it's you know when they're on their own when they're they're not checking. They're not working hard enough. They're way too soft. It's not physical. Yeah. You know, they're puck watching. Laddie says they're thinking too much. It comes off as puck watching. They're standing yeah. around watching the puck. They mm-hmm. got a guy, uh, Matthias Ekholm is standing right next to Mike Hartman and standing right next to him. And, and Campbell spits out a rebound that he didn't intend to spit out. It jumped over his stick. Hartman bangs the goal in because Ekholm's just standing there. He's not playing him hard. He's not checking him. There's one thing to be next to a player. It's another to check him so he's not physically able to operate when the puck comes to him. Uh, Bouchard's had about three of those this year. He's got his guy. The system has him in the right place. He's standing next to his check, but he's not checking him. And the minute the puck comes out, the guy's free to score a goal because Bouchard's standing around and just standing there. He's in place. He's not checking him. This team's got to work harder. So here's my point. Woodcroft doesn't want to offload all the issues onto the players. He doesn't want to blame his players. So I'll blame his players, right? Mm-hmm. The system has them in the right place lots of times. They're not getting the job done. Yeah, I I I agree with you, Spec, to be honest. Um it's 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 all about little details, right? Like that's that's what NHL is. You're not gonna reinvent the wheel. Hockey is hockey. Uh, system a system and like you said there most of the time they're in the right positions but the stick is not there or the body position is not there you're not setting yourself up to retrieve the puck or or bang the puck in a corner yeah you're exactly right but yeah it's starts you gotta be you gotta be on you gotta be sharp you gotta go under the sticks make it really hard heavy in the battles heavy around the heavy around the net and right now those little details the little like the Borkovic is, is unfortunately not there right now, and I, I hope they they can get it going real soon because mm-hmm. you know it can really slip away. You know, I was very positive last last week, but you don't want to fall behind too far, and then you're chasing the whole season. You know, and I think the boys know it too. Hey, Spec, we're gonna kind of beat this horse a little bit more later in the show today on Sports 1440. I wanted to kind of break away and uh, get your take on uh, tonight's ceremony with uh, uh, Charlie Huddy, Doug Waite, and two guys that you covered for a long, long time. Just wondering uh, what are your thoughts on these two guys being uh, inducted into the Oilers Hall of Fame? Well, I think that this sort of, what do we call this? The Ring of Honor or something? Well, like that? they call it the Oilers called. Hall of Fame. Yeah. They call it the Oilers Hall of Fame, okay. but their name does go up on Perfect. the ring, you know, their ring where all the rest yeah. of the guys that are up there already. So, this is, I, I see, I love this because I go, we all go to a lot of buildings. I travel around. I see a lot of names that are hanging from the rafters where they were great players locally, but they frankly never won a cup or never accomplished anything really, truly great. You know, in Edmonton, I love the standard. You get your number retired if you make the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the highest standard, and I think that's cool. I also love that they've invented this next tier for all the guys that, let's face it, they're not going to make the Hall of Fame. Their career's over. The Hall's passed them by, but they should be honored. Doug Waite was one of the great Oilers. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault he played at a time when they were, you know, they were this franchise was down a bit. They were, had an economic massive disadvantage. He wasn't going to win a cup here. He wasn't going to make the Hall of Fame here, but he was a great order. And Charlie Huddy, he won a bunch of cups. 
And, you know, he was one of the great, great support players in Edmonton Oilers history, right? He didn't score 50, but he sure did pave the path so Paul Coffey could be the great Paul Coffey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's the fact that Coffey's in the Hall of Fame, I mean, he's a great, great player. Mm-hmm. Charlie Heidi gets a little credit for that because he was playing alongside him all those years. So this is awesome. Two great Oilers. Uh, absolutely deserving, good guys, good men in the community, all that stuff. I got nothing negative to say about those two cats, no. man. They're both good people. Yeah, Laddie, uh, Charlie was only plus 245 in his career with the Oilers. Plus 245. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, both both great players, well-deserved. Yeah. Wow. I, I, got to play, I got to play against Doug Wade that, towards the end of his career. Um, Obvious hell of a player, over a thousand points. Yeah. You know, well deserved. And Charlie Huddy, Charles, my first D <laughs> <Charles>. coach. Charles, <laughs> my first D coach. Uh, yeah, I, I really like uh, Charlie. He was he was great to me. He he taught me a lot, uh, especially the one unwritten rule. And when the when you get to the bar and coaches are already there, you're <laughs> the one who have to have to leave, and uh, vice versa. If the players are there first, uh, the coaches have to leave. So that's the unwritten rule. Unwritten rule. Yeah, he introduced me to it. So yeah, thank you so much, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So Spec, you've you've commented on these ceremonies a lot. Even you, we talked about it at the start of the year with, you know first game of the year ceremonies and things like that. This thing's going to start at six o'clock ish or whatever you want to call it. Puck drop an hour later. How much of an impact does this have on what we will see on the ice tonight for the Oilers? Well, uh, they don't need any motivation. This okay. is a t- don't don't you dare come at me and say, "Oh boy, the Oilers can sure use some motivation <laughs> to win a hockey game." <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like these guys don't need an ounce of motivation to win a hockey game. Uh, I don't think this ceremony will either help nor hurt. Uh, this has got to be the most desperate team mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. Let's face it. There's only one Stanley Cup favorite out there that's 31st or 30th in the standings, right? There's only one of those. So <laughs> this this club needs absolutely zero outside motivation. They got to bring it tonight and bring it hard. And if I'll tell you right now, like regardless of the ceremony, and I'm looking forward to it, and I, I, I'm going to shake some hands this afternoon when I see those guys, it'll be great. Yep. If we see a team get outworked, if we see a team with a poor work ethic playing soft tonight, after this game tonight, there's going to be a big change in this market. There's going to be some serious finger pointing. This is a big, big game for this franchise tonight. I know it's the seventh game of the year. I'm aware of that. It's going to be a big game tonight for this team to show up. Do you feel that, Laddie, too? Yeah, I think there's yeah. there's a bit of a pressure, and and they are, they're they're playing against a really good hockey team, mm-hmm. right? So they they better bring it, and I think they they do know that. So I'm gonna be there with my full my my whole family. Yep. So uh, you know, I hope we're gonna be the good luck charms. Hopefully, you are. Yeah. Uh, so, Spec, uh, probably the Oilers will be having a little media veil in the Hall of Fame room at noon and stuff like that after practice. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there will be some guys there. I assume that the Kelly Buckberg is in town. Mm-hmm. I know I talked to George Larac yesterday. He's in town. Billy Guerin's in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably some other alumni. So it's always fun to go to those things and, uh, you know, see some of the boys, right? Well, we're going to have Kelly Buckberger on at 10 o'clock today. Oh, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, he wanted to come on at 940, but then we said Laddie's still here at 940. He goes, no, can I go on at 10, he said. I don't believe that. We have a really good relationship <laughs> with Bucky. 
I'm going to ask him about it, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. we could bump him up if you want. Maybe he's, maybe he can come on at 940 if you want. Sure. Well, we could check into that, but 10 o'clock is pretty good too. Yeah. That's all right. You're okay with that, Laddie? Yeah, I am okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Spec, another busy day, so you'll be down for uh, the morning skate. Um, here, here's a question, one last one for you, and this comes in from a texter, one eight three three four zero one, and I'm 1440. I'm going to change the uh, the narrative on it a little bit um, just to kind of – uh, because it's a fair question, don't but it's not. Don't soften it up, Kev. Don't, well, it's from it's from it's don't from. Don't soften a, it up. I can take it. Okay. Well, it's not. It's just to you and all the media. Okay. I'll just read it word for word then, and you can explain why. Uh, how's that sound? Okay. You're good. Okay. Hey, Kevin. Yep, let's can, do it. Hey, Kevin. Can you ask Mark Spector why no one in the media is interviewing Evan Bouchard about his start to the season? There was another word in there. I find it amazing there isn't one quote from him, from him anywhere. Please and thanks. That comes from another Mark. So you can respond to that, how it works on a daily basis and how things kind of work uh, in that kind of evolvement and atmosphere in the room. Well, you know what? Look, I'm going to the morning skate right now, and I'll, I'll be free to request. Uh, you know, We kind of request a few guys to come out, but mm-hmm. if you go in the room and the guy's standing around, you walk up and talk to him. Yeah. We're free to talk to Evan Bouchard, right? That's I, 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 As a group, the media, as a single guy, Mark Spector, if I want Evan Bouchard this morning, you know, the rules basically are if the guy takes part in the morning skate, he's supposed to be available to the media, and Evan Bouchard never ducks the media. He's there when we ask for him. He's there when you want to talk to him. So he's there to be spoken to. Uh, you know, do I want to go up to Evan Bouchard and say, why are you playing so poorly defensively? It's part of my job is to ask that question, right? It's part of my job to ask that question. So uh, I don't shy away from those. I never mm-hmm. have. You know, that's why there's an old rule in, in sports writing business. When a team's not playing very well, if every guy in that room likes you as a reporter, thinks you're an awesome guy, you're not doing your job. So, yeah, the questions for Evan Bouchard, it's about time to talk to Evan Bouchard and figure out what's going on. So, sure, we'll take that advice. All right. I would expect that he'll be – Laddie's got something to say here on that. No, well, don't Would ask you? him before the game today. Just uh, <laughs> wait after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Speck, I know you got a busy morning, so we'll see you down at the rink. I probably will get down to the Hall of Fame room at noon or so. See you All then. right, boys. Okay, nice. Uh, have a great show in yeah. there. Thanks, Beck. Yeah. Thanks, Appreciate Beck. it. Yeah, that's uh, on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. So, Laddie, you're saying after the game, just because, I mean, I know you, you guys are going to talk to him today. He's going to, yeah. he will be requested to talk to, he'll, again, how it works is that normally after a practice or a morning skate, the, the comms department for the Oilers will send out a group no. ch- text, chat, whatever you want to call it. Who are we looking for? Then three, four, five guys will say, I would like this and that, da-da-da-da-da, this player, that player. And then Jamie Cartmel, Sean May will say, for the group, and it'll go, yes. So that will ha- what that will happen is that those guys will be scrummed in the room. Mm-hmm. And there could be probably two guys. And what they do is they usually rotate Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, so they're not on the same day. Mm-hmm. because you want to split them up because obviously they get the most media requests. Yeah. And then, as Mark said, guys are floating around the room and you're, you know, the, the, the beat writers and the guys that are there every day 
kind of just kind of mosey over and say, hey, how you doing? What do you think? Da, 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 and maybe get a couple comments from them. And that's that's kind of been like that since you played, right, Yeah, 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 pretty much. So that's, that's how it works. Uh, Mark, I hope we answered uh, your question. Uh, when we come back, we'll have some open time, open text line with Laddie. We'll see who won the pool with Laddie coming in here at uh, 755. I don't think there was a winner. Are we playing prices right rules, Duke, or what? What's going on? Someone said seven fifty two. I knew that there yeah. was uh, there was a seven fifty four for sure. I'll, I'm going to go back and check uh, here in the break to double check, but I thought there was a seven fifty five, um, and I actually think the official time might have been closer to seven fifty six. So oh, we'll, really? We'll keep. I'm that just in. going by the clock that you set the other day. Here, yeah, dude. well, I don't know really if I trust that thing. Uh, <laughs> my official clock is this one sitting right in front okay, of. Okay, so someone screen, had seven fifty six. So I'm going I'm to check. I'm going to double That's check. A we'll mot- have Motel Six uh, <laughs> clock right there from nineteen eighty five. <laughs> it's digital. Yeah, it's digital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, stay with us. More of Carrius Schmied, Sports 1440, right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program, 824 in Edmonton on Sports 1440. Carrius Schmied taking you here on a beautiful Thursday morning. Not so beautiful outside when you drove in, laddie, was it? No, it no? was uh, a little tough it, out there. It was a mess. But and, and the drivers are actually even worse. They, they well, were worse. I, well, I don't blame them now because it, it is rough out there if you still have summer tires or, yes, you know, but it's extra slow. So you haven't got your YouTube channel going yet for Edmonton drivers, no? no? I, I have to steer away from that <laughs> because I would get myself in trouble. You would get yourself uh, in trouble for sure. Yes. So when you played, and I mean, a, a lot of the conversation yesterday with Jay Woodcroft was about zone defense and what he said the Boston Bruins been doing and more teams are going to whatever you want to call it, a zone slash hybrid mm-hmm. defense. When you played for the Oilers, was there a certain name, certain terminology that you guys used and implemented? Well, I... <sighs> For me, when I play, always two things: zone coverage or or man-on-man coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe on man-on-man coverage, zone coverage. Um, you have kind of rules where the demon's supposed to go. There, like I said, there is some shared areas, gray areas, where it's like shared responsibility of the demon and the and the forwards. Mm-hmm. But it always starts. You can have whatever system you want to have, but it always starts with the work ethic and determination mm-hmm. to. You know, to do your job, and uh, you know whatever you do, you trying to protect the middle, right? Right. right? That's everybody's got to go through the middle. And that's the danger yeah, zone. That's right? the danger zone. Yeah. That's your uh, call it cookie jar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want anybody stealing my cookie. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I said, it starts with the work ethic, you know, and sacrifice, blocking shots, being ready. Uh, being heavy in the battles, under pucks, ready for rebounds, don't give second chances and all that stuff. And awareness, right? Like yeah. not puck watching, shoulder checking, all that stuff. And I know it's a really early season, but those little details, habits. Um, I when I when I was with Calgary, uh, like Bob Harley, not a huge mm-hmm. fan of his for certain reasons. Don't want to get into that. But <laughs> the one thing he was excellent at, he would get the best out of the team. He would have super long video sessions about just details man and it would be like he would have like a list uh, of uh times written on the list and so he would he would tell the video coach play the clip 
play the clip and he knew exactly to the second, stop it right now. So he would stop you in like a bad position where your stick wasn't on the left side, but would be on the right side. He'd be like, where is your stick? Like, come on, Wh- which way are your toes pointing? Like stuff like that. But you know, at first I didn't get it. I'm like, this guy's a lunatic. Like, <laughs> what is he talking about? We in the, in the NHL. Yeah. But like when I like thought about that and like longer I was there and then even when in check, like he actually made me better defensively mm-hmm. and stuff like being in the right position, toes, toes pointing the right yeah. way, shoulder checking. It was like down to the, like a, honestly, like a split second that he would have it down. Mm-hmm. But it, it did help. It did have an impact on our D zone. Um, yeah. So back, I, for me, back to the basics, probably back to the good work of the good habits the guys can do it. They've shown it before, you know, especially until they get like the full traction. Then like right now, everything is like, oh my God, like everybody's like cringing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're afraid to make a mistake. And when you usually like that, you're going to make mistakes, you know, but simplify it, work hard and good things will happen. You got, you're going to get rewarded. That's Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440 on the Kevin Carrier Show. Um, you know, it's funny, Laddie, when you mentioned those two um, two words, three words technically, These my, my notes from yesterday's show, uh, awareness, attention to detail. My first two things that I said yesterday. Um, <laughs> the awareness angle, and you mentioned it with that gray area where a defenseman and a forward have to be on the same page. So maybe that just takes time is that or do you have to feel do you need to look in that guy's eye for that split second or know where he is talking on the ice talking communication i think that's big and like i I coach younger kids Mm -hmm. and even with the oil kings or the hockey hockey academy they're so shy to talk on the ice Mm. but you have to and at the pro level it's even more important Mm. you know like let each other know who's got who who's standing behind you because some guy like your teammate might have a better view than you. Right. And he needs to give you a heads up. I believe in the D zone, it should be defensemen talking to the forwards. Okay. They should be in charge because there's a one and not an unwritten rule. Never trust forwards. (laughs) (laughs) All my D coaches, all my D coaches always tell me never trust forwards, but there is some good, like responsible forwards out there, you know, and sediment is usually your support down low. Mm-hmm. But as a defenseman, you have to let him know where you want him. Big side defenseman who is usually in front of that sh- has the best view. So right. he should be kind of directing traffic. And then if you're in the battle, those two guys in the corner, they have to let, mm-hmm. let each other know if, you know, if there's a crisscross or switches, you have to communicate. I, it's it's a big skill, very underrated skill, but it is huge. Um, does that unwritten rule go ahead of the one that, with Charlie Huddy? That, no, 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 that no, one's no, the no, number the one. Roll, the barrel stands <laughs> the top of my That's list. That's the top of the <laughs> list. Um, so the one aspect yesterday when we were um, in the media availability with Coach Jay Woodcroft, uh, he brought up all the goals from the eight one game and he rattled them off just like that. Um, you know, that's, 
that's pretty impressive to me, for one thing. That's the first game of the year, so six games ago. Yeah. And the one goal that you and I talked about quite extensively right after that was the second goal. And now you can remember the Brock Besser goal yeah. in the slot. So I guess my question, and, and again, it comes to terminology about defensive zone coverage and where Jay is saying, well, that is technically a goal, not necessarily off the rush, but Jay calls it an individual mistake. So that would go... I guess my question to you... Who's a mistake, though? I believe it would be Evan Bouchard behind the net, right? That's what I said, because he should have moved the puck. Right. Wasn't so it? that's what Jay is saying. He's got to get that behind the net to Kane, who had dropped down from I his... I said it all along. Yes, you did. But there's going to be mistakes made. Okay. And so go ahead. My question to you is, once, uh, when there's a mistake made, how quickly do you have to say, all right, we're in this defensive zone coverage, and what is, like, is there a... I don't know, one steamboat, two steamboats? Like, what are we looking at here? <laughs> it, it happens quick. Mm-hmm. That brings me to the point that I mentioned earlier today. It seems like every little mistake ends up in the back of the net. And like, get, like I, I don't know how many times that goal will happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, because Besser got it and phew, top shelf. Yeah. And like, I, like a nurse was going there... You were saying McDavid should have covered. Just a bit quicker on, on JT quicker, Miller, right? I don't think the guys were in a necessarily bad positions. Maybe maybe Nurse leading with the stick, but like I, it was so quick. Mm-hmm. And he didn't... I, would, I, I wouldn't even put it on, on Nurse, really, because yeah. he was in a good position. He tried to do his best, but it happened so quick. It, it went on and off the stick, but... It starts with the individual mistake, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep beating on Evan Bouchard. Right. It, it was a mistake. Everybody thought it would be going the other way. It didn't. You know, it is what it is. Everybody makes mistakes at the end of the day. For right. sure. But, that's but, what, hey, but, but th- Oilers are getting punished for it. Like, I know there's a lot of talk about Evan Bouchard's yeah. defensive play, but, like, Come on, guys. Like, we are all human beings. He's trying to do his best. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to get better. He knows it. But, like, beating on a kid over and over again, it just doesn't do any good. So we've got tons of texts about Evan Bouchard. We yeah. had a million yesterday. So I guess another question to you would be yesterday was posed to Jay Woodcroft, and his answer was exactly what we said yesterday on the show. Well, think about what Evan Bouchard did, how he played defensively last year when Matthias Ekholm came. Mm-hmm. And think about how he played the year prior. We didn't mention that on the show yesterday, yeah. but Jay did. I mean, we never ever talked about Evan Bouchard defensively last year at the end of the year and in the playoffs. No, so, because no, there was no issue. Because like, he was playing well. He was, he was he was playing well. Eggholm helped him big time, mm-hmm. but he was... He's not going to be the guy who's going to be killing plays all the time. That's not what he's there for. Mm-hmm. He just needs to be somewhat decent, you know. And right now he's b- struggling a bit. But every every player goes through some struggles, you know. I'm, I'm sure he talks to his coaches. He's watching videos, all that stuff. And if you're going to put in the work, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he want, he, he's doing, He's going to get rewarded, and he's going to climb out of that. Uh, but let's not forget, he's still producing points, guys. <laughs> you know, he's third in the league, yeah. you know, and, and points. And I know, you know, some guys don't, you know, whatever, but that's his job. That's his job. The The defensive side is unfortunately secondary. 
you know, in his mm-hmm. in his case. But I think they're gonna figure out. Matthias Eggholm is gonna also get better. Like he is coming off an injury. You know, he hasn't played in the preseason. He he looks a little rusty at times, but he will get better. He's he's gonna be the again the same old Matthias Eggholm. He's gonna help Bouchard. I, I believe that like for me being negative and like honestly I cannot even go on Twitter after the games like I just wanna <laughs> yeah I just wanna go off on some people like you would think that there is like a bunch of Hall of Famers criticizing this team like it's unbelievable but I guess that's what social media is like any, that's what it's any, become any, yeah any pigeon can like have their opinions like it's, it's I, what it's I'm, I'm getting like sick and tired of it because at the end of the the day we are all fans we all want the team to do to, well do, do well. And like just beating them down and like saying, like you can be criticizing, but in a respectful way, but there's, there's a lot of people are not respectful at all. No, they're not. And it's, it's true. Um, again, tons of texts coming in. Steve from Drumheller, the whole team has to be on the same page, uh, right from the goalies out. That's yeah. critical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben says, not being cheeky, how is it possible that NHL players, the best in the world, struggle this much with a system? Well, I, I, I don't know if it's... A, a, if you if you look at it like a defensive zone system, then is it a struggle if, if you are correct in the uh, terminology that you've only really allowed one defensive zone goal on your coverage i think we are more struggling but which is correctable with work ethic and with the details Mm -hmm. those things you can correct i don't think we are necessarily struggling with the system like there is there is times where we look hesitant but most of the time we are in the right positions but Mm -hmm. the stick is not there or you're like a half second late it's not as sharp it's not as automatic i'm gonna say Engagement, awareness yeah, is another yeah. one. I, th- I think, again, look at the first goal against Minnesota. So that's Evan Bouchard just standing beside Marco Rossi. Yeah. All he's got to do is tie a stick up for yeah. a millisecond. Yeah, yeah. So again, and, and, and I mentioned it, like we we are pretty soft around our neck. Very. We allow a lot of tips. There's not enough box outs. It should, like, I know the NHL is keen, like getting down on cross checks and stuff like that, but still they give you some little bit of room to make it miserable for opposition. Like, when they get around the crease, they should be punished for it. That's my belief. Yeah. You Control the stakes, body position, get in them, you know? It's not like, oh, you know, I'm just going, I'm just going to pick up a hot dog and he's going <laughs> to, you know, no, it should, they should feel it. Do you ever have a hot dog during a game? No. Before? <laughs> Montreal. You had one? I'm sh- yeah, okay, you I'm, had it before? I'm ashamed. Du- I'm during ashamed. or before? Before. Okay. Before, not during. Because no, no, no. they have famous hot dogs in Montreal. Fa- famous hot dogs. They're very good. Now, they're, they're who, smaller. They're, they're very tasty. Who is the goalie duke that had one on under in his pad on the bench and oh. was chowing down? I can't remember who that was. It was a few years ago. Yeah. Check that out, Duke, if you can find that. But that, I remember that. I had, I had before the game, <laughs> and I felt bad about it. I feel guilty still, but it's well, not very professional. Do you know it was commonplace for Sparky? Sparky Kolchinski yep. back in the day to go up to the concession and and buy Wayne Gretzky hamburger and fries before the game. Like, a, <laughs> serious. Yeah, I believe it. At six o'clock or whatever, stroll in and then he'd put up five, six points. No big deal. Oh. And now what do you Wayne, right? And now you got to have the certain pasta, no cream sauce, no nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Chicken it's, breast, no. Now it's, oh, now it's, yeah, now it's, well, the, the the hockey is evolving, right? You have mm-hmm. to evolve with that, and it starts with with the stuff you do off the ice. 
We're going to get into some of your pregame meals here because, well, hopefully the mother-in-law wasn't cooking for for you, right? The portions were a little small. They're over. You were saying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> the portions are very small. <laughs> poor, poor Anne, she's getting it again. <laughs> well, hopefully she'll know better next time. Duke, did you find out who that goalie was? Who was it? Well, I think the most famous uh, case is actually John Garrett, the recently yeah, retired, okay. uh, who actually ended up playing with a hot dog in his pads because he was eating one and then got called into the game um, <laughs> at the the Colisee, uh when he's Quebec. With, yeah, with, was with the Nordiques. So that's the most famous one. I'll do a little more digging because there has more recently been some clips of actually like video of a goalie sitting usually down. Uh, obviously away from everybody else mm-hmm. and actually eating one, but uh, I'll do some more digging. There's one about a college player doing it or an age or something, but yeah, it's, I mean, hey, if you're not playing. Yeah, why wouldn't a guy? <laughs> well, hey, we'll get into some grubbing. Still a lot of texts regarding uh, Ekholm and Bouchard and things like that, and um, lots of love for Laddie and his opinions and things like that. Mm-hmm. More Curious Schmied on Sports 1440 right after the break. Well, you know, it's 8.44 or 8.45. Duke, isn't it uh, the first hour with the BA, your buddy, Brian Adams? Or where are we at? Are you a little delayed on this? Uh, usually, yes. But we had um, Greg Wyshynski joining us at 7.40. Oh. And we'd had a text. I think it was from the King of Fort Nasty uh, saying that uh, it was this day X amount of years ago that under pressure was released. Oh. So, that's, uh, so I, th- I threw that in for the 7.40 like, break. saw yeah. that. That's David Bowie and Queen, and Queen right? Yeah, correct. Yes. What a yeah. movie. Oh. That movie, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, was good, too. Oh, yeah. You like that one, Manny? Yeah. I like the song, too. Uh, yes. Under pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> Fitting. <laughs> Fitting, eh? <laughs> Today. So, a uh, couple of comments coming in. Uh, lots of texts. Uh, and thanks to, uh, who was it here? Um uh, I can't find it, but I think it could be Snipes saying, oh, yeah, no, just uh, this is uh, this is from, uh, oh, I don't have uh, Pittsburgh goalie eating Chinese food approximately four years ago, and that was Louis Deming, and that was two years ago, eating spicy pork and broccoli. Uh, Where? He was playing for the Penguins, and they beat the Rangers. And Louis Deming ate spicy pork and broccoli before the game, uh, before his entry into overtime. So maybe he was chowing down on that a little bit before. Duke, anyone else? Uh, yeah, there, there are some cases of like uh, college goalies and stuff haven't seen chowing down some dogs on the bench. But yeah, that, that Louis <laughs> Domingue thing, it was because he had to, like he was the Called game already into, into yeah. overtime. And so obviously we hear stories about how like do the players keep uh, themselves um, fed and watered and stuff during the intermissions and what they're doing to keep keep themselves going for some of these marathon games. And yeah, Domingue, as the backup goalie, I think indulged in, in something a little heavier between, than yeah. most guys would, and then uh, and then actually ended up having to go into the game. So in between the first and second overtime, spicy pork and broccoli, which was not the best according to Deming. Uh, I I think I talked to Ryan Whitney and he said they they went to a bunch of overtimes in the playoffs too with Pittsburgh, and I think they had pizza in mm-hmm. the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are eating bananas and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, right? yeah. Got to keep. Well, that's for cramping and everything. Yeah. Potassium. Mm-hmm. So, what was your pre? Did you have a standard pregame meal at oh, yeah. home? Uh, we went to uh, we went to Allegro with the boys for every pregame. Well, first, first when I first got uh, to to the uh, to the NHL uh, in Edmonton, there used to be a place. Now it's Rebel. Yeah, 
Piccolino. Piccolino. Yeah. So we went to Piccolino. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lino dished out the Lino good stuff for you guys. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I had penne rose with uh, with chicken. Uh, then it became Allegro in downtown. Yeah. And then later again Allegro, just just uh, down from uh, Rebel now. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. and one forty two. Again, uh, yeah, penne rose yeah. or or you know something yeah. like that, and and chicken. That would be my pregame meal. In Czech, my wife would be cooking me pregame meals, so she okay. would do home homemade bolognese sauce Ooh. with spaghetti, or again rose sauce with penne. Sometimes chicken parm if I felt. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in the, what, in the good books or what? Yeah, well, I played a lot in Czech, so yeah. like I could afford it. But <laughs> usually it would be just a chicken breast and uh, some kind of pasta with a little bit of sauce. Did you have a certain time that you had to eat by or what you wanted to? Or? Usually between, let's say between 11.30, 12.30. If the game was at 8, yeah. a little later. A little later. A little later. But then I would have, again, snack after my nap. And then uh, when you're on the road, you guys always have a kind of a buffet kind of thing, buffet, right? Buffet, yeah, again, pasta. Now, now guys, so some guys like salmon, rice, uh, sweet potato became pretty popular oh, too. Really? Hmm. Yeah, but for me, always pasta. And then did you have, like, were you always having, the, like, the shakes and all that stuff too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the game? Uh, pre, 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 during, and post, post, like, protein shake and stuff, yeah. Just to get everything. Like I said, like, it's, it's the games go so fast, you, you need... You, yeah. you need to hydrate. You need uh, all the good nutrition. You know, food. Food is big. F- like having having meal. We would have meals on, on the plane right after the game too, when you have to fly somewhere else. And you know, it's uh, the NHL. It's the best. You, you, <laughs> you know, you you don't know how good you have it until you're out of it. Yes. You know, and yeah, it's uh, it's a first class. Mark says, "What the hell is this? A cooking show?" Um, actually, Laddie and I wanted to get into that. We're going to do the ribs. One of these, probably, yeah. we're going to get the barbecue. You want to get the pellets, right? Yes. Yes. We'll get maybe we'll get barbecue country in. Yeah, we should. You know. Oh, you missed the steak last week. What? Oh. Okay, Duke. You got to get show him a picture of that anyway. So last Friday, uh, well, Eddie Steele was here. You know, yeah, Eddie, yeah. our Friday co-host, uh, Canadian Brew House brought in a forty-ounce sirloin at ten o'clock. Right here. It was right here. Really? On his desk, yeah. I had maybe two, three ounces. Eddie had probably five or six ounces. Only? Only. Well, we were still doing the show. Well, I... Okay, then the show... You don't ed- talk the whole time. Well, just wait. The show ended at 11. The Duke had to do Fantasy Frenzy. The steak went on the bar over there in uh, the Stingray Studios, and the Duke crushed the rest of it, 25 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> I would do the same, Duke. Don't feel, don't feel bad about it. Oh, oh I didn't. I didn't feel bad about yeah. it at all. Nobody else was going to eat it, and uh, right. wanted to make sure it didn't go to waste. And that uh, served as my singular meal for the entire day because I went home and fell asleep for about <laughs> six straight hours after eating. <laughs> <laughs> um, well done. Just to uh, we got text coming in about what's going on tonight with the Oilers and the Rangers. So puck drop will be let's call it seven thirty, supposedly seven twenty five, but let's call it seven thirty. The ceremony will start just after 7, starting right at 7. Let's call it 7 o'clock for the ceremony. Dugway, Charlie, Huddy, puck drop 7.25. So if you want to get down a tad earlier, uh, Laddie said you're going down there about 6.45, 6.50. Yeah. If you can get there by then. Yeah. Yeah, we have a game before, but yeah, I'm going to do my best. 
Uh, Jordan texts in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You are awesome, laddie. One hundred percent. It seems like the pigeons always have to pick on one player every year. The pigeons need to learn to fly. Uh, <laughs> Sorry for calling people pigeons. <laughs> I, I don't like that, but I get very heated. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I usually I, I usually go on Twitter right before I go to sleep, which is not a good idea because I get very very upset and <laughs> uh, <laughs> tough to fall asleep. Another a different mark. Uh, Laddie, love when you're on, but it seems to my eyes that the players are being outbattled constantly in their own end, something that we've discussed. We, we, we mentioned that. Yeah, we mentioned level. that. Yeah, battle level. You know, uh, you, uh, that comes from Mark. It's a little bit longer. Uh, to me, uh, the mistakes look like those a minor hockey player would make, uh, not taking away the stick. Attention to detail, that's, again, what we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can compare. Uh, I don't think you sense. can compare no. minor, minor hockey. No. Uh, how about the, uh, Rockford texts in, a Syracuse crunch player slammed a beer in the penalty box during the Calder Cup. Wow. Did you know that, Duke? What a guy. Well, who gave him the beer? Yeah. Like, someone's got to lean over the glass, yeah. obviously, right? There was also, I don't know, I, I can't remember the football player. We're gonna, someone's going to text in. There was a CFL player, Laddie, from Ottawa. He was a big offensive lineman. And, you know, when they score the touchdowns, you know, in Green Bay, they go and do the Lambeau yeah. leap and stuff like that. Uh, this guy, I think it was Ottawa. He kind of went to the back of the stands. And I believe it was choreographed because it was his girlfriend or something like that. But she had a beer waiting for him in the, in the back of the end zone. And he just gunned this. He had a big beard. He gunned this beer back. Uh, he got fined. Actually, did he get fined? I don't by know. The league? I don't think or he got team. fined by the league. But what happened was they said you can't do that again. We're stopping this right now. If someone else does it again, then you're going to get fined or or suspended or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of over. Well, over yeah. the line, well, no? I mean, CFL needs all the publicity you can get. <laughs> True that. Um, ooh, how's this, uh, Laddie? You're going to like this one, Laddie for the Oilers D coach. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, a lot of guys have been on Dave Manson too, but again. Uh, uh, man, you're a coach. Yes. You're a coach. Uh, like I I fully expect there's guys. shared responsibility, yeah. but it's I believe it's always the players. I, I was never huge on blaming the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know. We were the ones who were on the ice. Uh, we'll get to a few more texts a bit later. Uh, at the top of the hour we've got Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times uh, as the well, Thursday night football. I think. Who is it? Uh, Tampa Bay and, and Buffalo. And Buffalo. Um, I don't know. Years ago, when they brought in Thursday night football, all the players obviously hate it. They still don't like it because it's hard on your body. You play Sunday to Thursday. Yeah. But fans love it. <laughs> Betters love it. They make more money. Uh, so the players technically get more money because the salary cap yeah. increases. It just gets everyone talking about the NFL for. Instead of just waiting till Sunday, they know how to do it. They, to be honest, that's they, they run the best business. No, they are in a league of their own. own yeah, the NFL isn't even close. Yeah, not you're no, looking. No other professional no, leagues even come it's, close. It's not with, even marketing and close. like bringing up new, new stuff. And you could maybe make an argument for some things in Europe uh, with soccer and soccer things like that. Maybe, but like Nothing. NFL is. <laughs> Like, what, what, what a business they're running. Well, how about, you know, there's talk in a couple of years, three, four years down the road about the NFL having the Super Bowl in London. Yeah, why not? I people mean, people love it there. Like, you know, they it's 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 tough with uh, time, time change, yeah. you know, but yeah, why not? Oh. It would be awesome. Uh, so, At Wembley? 
Well, wherever the biggest stadium, you wherever 90, it's 100,000. 100, Wembley, yeah. yeah. It's like, you been to Wembley? I've never been. It's like probably Camp Nou in Barcelona, mm-hmm. Wembley. Yep. San Siro in Milan. Like, but Wembley is like, well, it's one of the traditional stadiums in, you know, around the world. So uh, we will uh, check in with uh, Rick Stroud at 9 o'clock. Looking forward at 9.20, Kenny Albert, Rangers play-by-play man and the author of a new book, Mike for All Seasons. Uh, a Mike for All Seasons. So it'll be interesting to talk to Kenny about that. And then at 10 o'clock, hey, Kelly Buckberger will guess with us. And then Tim Ellis, uh, CFR coming back to Edmonton for the first time at Rogers Place. Did you like this? Well, you were always gone. When the CFR was here, Canadian Finals Rodeo. Oh my God! <laughs> don't get me started with that. Then. What you don't because you well, don't like the smell. Smell like for well, three weeks. Like that's, like you know what? That's basically Duke's cologne, laddie. Okay, good. <laughs> good for him. Rodeo and country. Uh, I don't know. I I respect it. I respect it, but the smell. My God! Try to <laughs> try to change every day. Sometimes twice a day. Basically on a pile of, you know what. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that at uh, 940 a little more. Uh, first up, uh, sports update brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location and get 50% off wings. Here is the Duke.